Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So uh, we are kicking off today a series called New Hope 2.0. It's a series that's been in my heart for about six months and honestly been waiting to kind of get this stuff out. I feel like it's some things that the Lord has downloaded for the season that we're in. And um, there are some changes, a new focus, I would say. Uh, and I feel from the Lord that we're about to make a serious advance. Um, you know, and it's like, we're like a Gideon's army, but we're smaller than Gideon's army, you know? Um, but what did God do with small groups? You know, what, what, could, what can God do with 200, 220? Um, I feel very excited in my spirit about this. So I'm going to share some things today from the Lord, uh, you know, just about the season we're in, where I feel like we're going. We're going to hit some different aspects of what we feel like the Lord is showing us, and we're going to be rolling this out over the next uh, several weeks. And honestly, we're in for a very interesting, exciting six months. Uh, and I can't get into it all today, but you'll start to see it as it unfolds. Um, I think it's very, very significant from the Lord. So if, um, and I'll say this, so like the, the whole 2.0 thing, I just could not shake this. The Lord kept putting this in my heart. You know, when, uh, if you've worked in software or, you know, if you're part of Microsoft, you know, they're releasing new versions all the time, right? It's not like a whole new product, but it's a new version, it's, you know, refining the product for the season that it's in, that it would bring more and more benefit to the customers and to the clients. So it's a refocus, it's a realignment, it's a repositioning of what the intention of that product was, right? So it's not a total overhaul of everything about us, um, but it is a refocusing and it's a realignment, it's a, in a sense, a re-envisioning of what the intention was. So... Um, I think the next six months are going to be historic times. We're completing the first 40 years in our church history, which is amazing. Uh, how many, I just want to do this for fun, how many were actually here over the 40 years? I want to see. And there's actually still a pretty good handful, which is remarkable. That's right. It's like, these people, yeah, give them a clap. Oh. I got big props for people who have been through stuff and endured for decades, man. It's like they should be honored and revered. I mean, you've gone through some stuff, um, but it's so awesome and so needed. Um, if you can put up the, the slide, please, the convergence slide. I want to talk to this for a minute. We just shared this out on social media this week. This is an event. Uh, it's actually a, like a banquet of sorts. It's going to be on December 3rd. Uh, it's going to be at the Italian-American Community Center. I haven't, we haven't released a lot about this yet. There will be a lot of details coming, but I can say uh, it's going to be a very interesting, very fascinating evening and a very honoring time. So this is going to be a time where we're going to be honoring the past, celebrating the future. Um, it's a time to join in the celebration of God's faithfulness over 40 years. Uh, that's no small thing. I think the 40th year is going to be more important than the 50th. I just feel that in my own spirit. Um, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a big thing. Um, we're going to be hearing from all of the def different senior pastors and leaders of New Hope over the 40 years. Um, we're going to be hearing from the founder of this church. And the focus of that night is going to be to hear about what God did to start everything here. I mean, there's a lot of different things we could highlight, but I, I have asked, uh, his name's Gary Pfeiffer, if you've never heard of him. He planted this church with other people. 
uh, other leaders, uh, but he was the primary visionary for this place. Um, and he's going to be sharing what, what, what was it that God did in the late 70s that started this movement and what we have today we can thank them for, really. It's pretty remarkable. Um, I'll share a little bit more about that later. Chris Dupre is going to be our MC of the evening. Uh, I'll be sharing. Pastor Ralph will be sharing. We're going to hear from the founder. Uh, you know, Pastor Carl and Susie, who are down in Florida, will be coming up for it. Joy's parents, the Martiranos, will be coming up for it. So it's going to be an epic family reunion. Uh, it, and it's going to be really special. So start to get the word out. If you see that on Facebook, share it. I think the invite for it is going to go out this week, where you can actually buy tickets through that invite. You can click a link, buy tickets for it. Um, so get that out to your friends or people that maybe went here 30, 35 years ago who I don't know but were significant and they probably need to be here at this. So uh, we just might not have a way to contact them, so we're going to be relying on social media to really get the word out here. Okay? So isn't that cool? That's like, that's going to be so significant. Um, so that's that. So let's go into the 2.0 here. What I want to talk about today is one of the main things that I think that we envision here. You know, like I, I sit on other boards in even one downtown. This, we worked on um, this past summer honing the vision statement, the mission statement for this organization. And we spend like, you know, I mean, with these boards, you spend like weeks just on one word talking about it. You know, it's like, it's kind of ridiculous actually. <laughs> Uh, but for me, it's like, I don't, I'm not just about a vision statement. I look and say, what are the things that we envision for New Hope Community Church? There's often many different things. So one of the things that we envision is a vibrant family. We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning, and then I'm going to challenge us in some ways here. But a vibrant family that is always increasing, that is ever increasing, right? Vibrant families increase, they grow, they multiply, um, so here, track with me on this. So God's mission is to bring heaven to earth, right? Is to reveal the nature of the kingdom of heaven on earth. The vehicle for that transformation is the church. I think it's like the most brilliant invention ever that God designed. Acts 2, Pentecost, the church is born. And it's like, it's been cranking ever since. And, and we're coming into an amazing time of where just, um, you know, God is becoming known all over the world in a big way. Uh, but now we break down the church. The church is comprised of family and relationships, right? So we know the mission is to reveal the nature of the kingdom of God on earth, the ways of the king. The vehicle for that transformation is the church, and the church is made up of family and relationships. So we spend a lot of time talking about family and relationships, and we, we commit to work through things even with ourselves uh, in each other. Um, I love the word vibrant. The word vibrant means full of energy and enthusiasm. It's like I've, one of my favorite words. I'm sorry. It just is. Uh, another definition for it is pulsating with life. Like pulsating with life. That is cool. It's like in the kingdom of God, it should be pulsating with life. Sadly, I think a lot of churches in America, you walk in there and it's not pulsating with life. It might actually be the opposite. And I think that's a shame. I think you know, a church, man, where people are coming together that love one another, that uh, want to experience God's presence, it should be full of life and energy. And it's not even an age thing. You know, I, I always share this. My grandmother attended this church for 20 years, Josephine de Cristofaro. Many people remember. 
Um, she was the oldest member at one point of this church. And I remember her talking with her. She would always sit in the front row. While people half her age complained about the volume, she was up in the front row because she would feel like she was out of the loop or she wasn't in what was going on if she was any farther back. So we used to have the stage right over there. She would sit, and it was kind of like a half-moon configuration. She would sit in the front row there facing the stage because she wanted to experience God's presence and worship in a live way. Now, that's not saying there's any condemnation where you sit. I personally don't care. Um, but I'm just saying, vibrancy has n- nothing to do with age. Right? Amen or what? I love that. So, I mean, hopefully we're all going after God no matter what, how old and we're growing, right? Going after the things of God. Um, when you talk about vibrant, like we're a city set on a hill. Jesus said in Matthew 5, we are the light of the world. I mean, we should be so radiant. That's another great word too, radiant, right? Um, so uh, here we want to be an incubator of life and growth. We want to pulsate with life and energy and the goodness of God, right? I love that. I love that. I also think in a vibrant family, it's generational, right? You have all generations represented. Uh, A church that doesn't represent the generations doesn't fully represent God's heart. It's just true. Uh, Family was God's idea. He gave generations, and he said all the time in the Old Testament, teach them this and then show it to their, you know, have them teach it to their generations so that they would remember Right? We need the generations all inter, you know, interrelating. And there needs to be interchange, good, healthy interchange. So I'm proud of that here, and I think that's going to continue to grow and develop. Um, yeah, so, you know, and Ralph talked about this a little bit last week, which I thought was really good. Maybe the thought of families painful for you. You know, um, like at Christmas, it can bring out all types of emotions. For one person, it's really exciting. For another, it's, it brings up pain or loss. Um, but I would encourage you, if it is a painful thing for you, let God reveal himself to you as a good father and as part of the family of God. Maybe you've had bad experiences in other places or with family in general, um, but that's not the heart of God. And we have got to be open to experiencing it in the way that God intended it. Uh, and it's the love of God. So be yourself, find your place, have a desire to grow in a family, right? Right? You, you can be yourself in a family. Everybody has a role. They have an identity. You know, you find your place as a stone, as a living stone that makes up the building. We have a place, you know, and then at the same time have a desire to grow. Um, I think in any family, whenever we have family gatherings, uh, like Ralph gave some great examples last week, families work through things. You can't be together as a family for three or four hours without somebody getting hurt or offended. <laughs> or holding an offense or something. I mean, that's just going to happen. But hopefully we have a desire to grow. I was talking with someone this week who does not go to this church who is a mature believer, and she was praying into something with her kids, and she said, you know what? I just apologized to them because they felt offended by something that I did or said I don't even remember. I didn't even honestly know what they were talking about. But I want to go after relationships, so I just said, I am sorry for anything pain that I've caused you because I want to keep that relationship open. I was like, that's awesome. That's a mature saint, you know? It's like, and that was a mature mother in God going after saying, you know what? I don't understand what they're even talking about, but, you know, I'm bigger than that. 
Uh, I'm going to just be the one to lead the forgiveness. And I thought that was awesome. In a family, like Ralph said, at some point you're going to get offended. You're going to have to deal with issues of the heart. Um, you know, it's like we all have to deal with issues of our heart, right? If anyone has not had to deal with that, I would like to know the secret. I, just going to be honest, you know. I mean, oh my gosh, I've been saved for over 30 years, and I, we are always dealing with issues of the heart. And that's our responsibility. It's not anybody else's. We deal with our own heart, right? Uh, we can be offended, but we're in charge of our heart, how we respond. Um, what I love about church family is that only in the kingdom of God would we become friends with some of the people we, the Lord brings into our path, right? You ever think about that? Like, if, I mean, that is the most amazing thing about, like, kingdom family, especially, like, in church. I think it's awesome. I mean, I have even people on my leadership team here who I would have never connected with these people had it not been through the kingdom of God. But I have not only connected, I have learned from them, I have grown from them, they have poured into my life, I've received from them. Um, but we could be miles apart in how we think and you know, what our giftings or strengths are or something. Um, that is a very cool thing. And I use the example a lot. Ralph and I talk about this all the time. If anyone hasn't noticed, Ralph and I are a little bit different. Yeah, that was a slow laugh. I'm, I thought it would be hilarious laughter. Ralph and I are very different in the natural. We have very different backgrounds and you know, even our giftings and talents and things are very different. But we share the same heart, right? The heart for the kingdom of God and we love people. And those things bring us together. So look around sometimes and you know, who God brings into your life here. They might be so different from you but it might be exactly what you need to grow and God has a way of, in the Bible, using the most unexpected people and circumstances to grow somebody. I mean, we could, we could literally spend weeks talking about that. Um, so don't ever despise it. Sometimes the things that we think we're going to go to are going to grow the most, we don't. And then those situations we encounter, we didn't expect anything from. And the Lord, we just felt like, God, I've grown so much through this, right? Uh, I've used the example before that I once, I mean, we used to go to worship conferences all over the place. We were always driving down in North Carolina, just love worship times and just crazy worship experiences. Um, one time, though, I was so irritated at this one worship conference that ended the conference on a Saturday night by bringing in a bluegrass band. And I thought, you know, I, we joke. I'm like, I'm, we're from New York, okay? We have no bluegrass background. I mean, that could, that could be the farthest thing away, maybe other than rap. And I know, I'm sorry, a few other people like rap here. Uh, but bluegrass is like so distant from me and my background. I was like, it's just so different. But I remember getting so ministered to, right, Ralph? You were there for that. It was actually Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. And these people loved God and they were passionate about it. They had a way of expressing him through story and stuff that was so amazing. I actually bought a CD and I was listening to it for a while. And one of the songs really ministered to me for years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rough members. So, I mean, God has a way of like, that's why we got to stay flexible and moldable in the kingdom because you just don't know what God is going to do next. Amen. That keeps it fun and exciting. <laughs> You know, I was thinking this week when God told Abraham to go to the, to the land, to find the city that has foundations, he sent him somewhere. He knew he was supposed to go, but he didn't know where he was supposed to go. He knew he was supposed to leave, but he didn't really know where he was going. And I think sometimes the Lord 
And listen, I love mission and vision and stuff, all that stuff. But sometimes you got to lay it down and say, Lord, we know where we're supposed to. I, we know we're supposed to go and move, but I don't know exactly where I'm going. And I think in the kingdom, sometimes it's like that. Like we have got to be able to, you know, know where to move, know where to go, and then realize that God is going to unveil the full path before us. You know, I mean, some of us love to know everything in advance and plan things out years, but hey, in the kingdom, God can change your plans like that, right? And I'm glad. He keeps it fun and exciting. We keep it boring by trying to have everything figured out in our own minds. Um, so anyway, so families expand. The kingdom of God is expanding and flourishing. Um, I feel like, honestly, the cafe, that's a prophetic sign of what God's doing here. You know, I mean, God works in that, the natural and then the spiritual. I mean, it's like we're seeding, the, the capacity there is going to expand to 85 people to be able to sit in there and watch, you know, have overflow. And I mean, it's going to be awesome. We got so many different things. And I see some friends here who used to go to the day school, Josh and JD. So like us, when we walked through there, it's like you get deja vu, like we're in classrooms. Now the walls are knocked out. And it's like now it's expanded up to something bigger because we don't need a big hallway there anymore, you know? So that is prophetic, I think. You know, God is expanding our capacity to um, host people. So it's great. When we talk about the family of God, I love this scripture because I think of this a lot. Psalm 92, 12, and 13. This is the righteous man or woman will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. You know, that's just a beautiful picture of planting and growth. And, you know, you can't flourish without being planted. Um, you know, we, all, we often want to do that, flourish, but then not plant anywhere. And it doesn't work like that. I didn't put it on here, but it actually goes on to say in verse 14 that they will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. Uh, that is very cool, right? It's like you know, the over 60 crowd is like, yeah, going for it. Over 50 crowd, I said. Uh, I love that. So, I mean, a lot of trees, when they get old and die, they lose their sap. They don't become green. They're brown. They're rigid. They're, you know, they fall over when the wind, you know, hits them. But this is a beautiful promise that when we are planted in the house of God, we flourish, and you're going to still yield fruit in old age. And if we are 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, we should take that and we should, like, stand on that. I, I mean, if you're 15 years old, I mean, 20 years old, you're thinking long-term. Like, the, I want to be yielding fruit in 30 years, in 40 years. Like, I'm going to plant myself, I'm going to grow, I'm going to flourish. I mean, that's a great way to be thinking. So vibrant family uh, that is ever-increasing. You know, I think for us sometimes, like, literally, we have to kind of rethink, like, who are we planning on inviting here? Who are we planning on bringing in into a healthy kingdom greenhouse that we're talking about? You know, where there's good soil, it's health, it's life. You know, people, there's a world out there that needs healing. You know, we don't want to just be so into our own thing that we cannot be open to who God may want to invite and bring in. Uh, I see people around here, and then I'm like, who, how'd they get here? And it's like, oh, I know Sam Pernicano. I'm like, well, Sam, like, it seems like half the new people have been here because Sam, at his job, happened to mention something to someone, and then they ended up showing up here. So um, I, I love that. And it's like we care enough about people that we work with to say, hey, come on, check it out, experience God. 
you know, worship, learn how to worship God. Learn how to turn your life over to something so much bigger than what we could live for on our own, you know? It's an awesome thing. So I want to switch gears here, and just for a moment, and if we can put up the first picture of the colored picture. Anyone know what that is? What's that? Dirt, yeah, it is dirt. Okay, Bill's close. This is a picture of what we are standing on right here from the very, very early 80s when there was nothing on this land. I think sometimes we forget this land. It used to have a house on it here, right? I think Bob, right? It was a farmland or something. Or I mean, Bob might not even be that old. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> what? Okay. So... So this, this was this area before anything was built on it. So if you can go to the next picture. This was in the very early 80s. This was the groundbreaking for this building. When there was nothing here, there was a house, there was like nothing. That's uh, the founder in the middle. You'll, some people here will recognize Phil Maine, Vernus, John Hendrickson, Gil Glidden, I think. Um, I have vague, vague, vague memories of some of that. But so this was the groundbreaking for this building. And I think, uh, I can't tell, but I think Union Street is behind there. So this was a very historic moment at that time. If you can go on to the next picture, this one's a little bit harder to see. So this is another picture of that. This is a groundbreaking of this facility. Um, you could probably have a lot of fun going through and looking and trying to pick out people and, you know. It's like, I know some of them, but they look so different now. I can't un identify them in photos because they've aged. Um, but it's pretty fun, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jan. I know that didn't sound good. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it. Here, here's what I want to talk about for a moment on this. Uh, this is so interesting. This church here was founded mostly by families in their 20s. Most of the families and founders were in their 20s. There was uh, an amazing movement that happened. Uh, they were sent out from Brockport, Christ Community Church, to come out here because people were traveling from Chile out to Brockport for church. And they said, you know what? You need to plan a church out here because so many people are traveling. So they actually started meeting in the professional building in, in North Chile in 1977 is when this church started. Uh, and it was largely coming together from students from Brockport College, from Roberts Wesleyan College. If you look at one of our old uh, directories, you're going to see Cheryl Hayes Camp in there under her maiden name. And you're going to see Dan under, is his maiden name. I mean, they weren't married, or whatever it's called. Sorry, Dan. Oh, sometimes you just got to laugh. Oh, sorry, Dan. It didn't, didn't come out well either. Uh, so you'll see Dan with his still name, but Cheryl's not there. Um, so it might be a better way to say it. Uh, so it is pretty wild. So here, here's the point that I feel like from the Lord. Now, I'm going to share stuff. I'm going to talk to us like we're family this morning, okay? Like that we are big people, we're grown-ups, we can handle this type of stuff. I want to stir us a little purposefully. But this church was founded by people in their 20s and 30s. Um, there are more and more of us. I'm in my 30s, right? And I'm leading this church. Gary was leading this church, I think, in his early 20s. They had founded it with, like, 
a small group of people. It grew to 250 people meeting in the professional building. They came here and they said, you know what? It's, we're too big for that. We need to have our own facility. They bought land through a whole bunch of series of interactions. And then they raised money to build this church. And they did it with no debt. They did it in cash. So that group of people came together and had a mission and had a purpose. And they banded together and they got the job done. I love that. I like when people get the job done. You know, it's like I don't like people that don't get the job done. I, I just don't. I, I like, like, okay, they did something and it was successful. Like, that's so exciting to me. I love that. Someone who had vision and mission. Um, so, so that's that. Okay, so here's my thought and what I feel like from the Lord. For the, we have an awesome older generation here that I have personally grown up with. My parents go here. Ralph, I mean, uh, so many people have been here. They, our older generation here is carrying the load of this church, carrying the financial load for the most part. It is time for those in the 20s and 30s, like it's our time to build and to carry weight alongside of them. Okay? I just, I want to stir us in this. Um, it's not like where if you're in your 20s or 30s, like the, someday I'm going to be released to serve God and right now I'm just like kind of going after God and I don't really have any responsibility. No, like look what they did. I mean, they came together in their 20s and 30s and built something big. And they did it, man. And we're reaping the fruit of this. We have an awesome older generation. We are a generational church, a multi-generational church. I'm proud of that. It is time for us in our age to join in in sacrifice and in leading like they did. Because at some point, they're not going to be here anymore, and it's just going to be us. So it really is our time to join in with this. Um, I hope they're here a long time because I love them, um, but that's the reality. So for us to accomplish the call that is on this house, we are all going to have to carry weight. Ralph had a great message last week about don't be Uncle Frank. Like, I, I think that could be the message title of a series. Nobody wants to be Uncle Frank. Who Everyone knows that Uncle Frank was on that picnic and he didn't contribute. You know, don't be Uncle Frank. Like, only Ralph can say. Something came up on Facebook this week of a quote that Ralph had like two years ago and I died laughing and someone reposted the picture and it said, don't just sit there like a grape. And I don't remember what the message was for that, but I still laugh at that line. Don't just sit there like a grape. I, I want to know what the context of that was. I just don't remember. But I laugh at that so much. Uh, anyways, so that's that. So here's the thing. There will be a wave of increase in momentum when the younger generation joins with the older in this way. There's going to be a, a new wave of momentum and energy when we say in our 20s and 30s, yeah, this is our place. We're going to start investing here in a big way. We're going to start sacrificing. And we're going to make something happen. Here's the thing. Um, one of the greatest myths about kingdom giving is that you start giving when you start making more. That's myth number one to break because that's not true. You start, you start giving when you don't make hardly anything so that you cultivate something in your life and faithfulness so that when you start making more, you actually funnel that as a steward of the king and of his finances. You know, so it doesn't work that way. We start off when we don't have very little and we build faithfulness so that we can be entrusted with more. Uh, let me tell you a story 
uh, about Joy and I. Uh, so we've been married, uh, it'll be 19 years in June. We got married in 99. We were, got married when we were in college. So we were both going to Roberts Wesleyan College. Um, we, we had dated for five years. And finally, actually it was Bob Grant who said, you know, you guys should actually consider getting married. Bob doesn't remember this conversation. So if you don't like us, you can blame Bob, okay? You know. But Bob actually said it. So we did. We got married. And, you know, we came into marriage with this thing like, man, if you get married young, you better be, like, working your brains out. Like, because, you know, Joy's father, like, you're going to take care of my daughter. So we were working, like, two, three jobs each, living off campus, going to college full-time. I was in business. She was doing nursing. And we were working, like, two or three jobs. I was literally waking up in the morning. I would go to FedEx at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd unload the sort of boxes that come in each day throw them all up on a belt and just like manual labor for like two hours. I'd go home, I'd shower, I'd go to college, I'd do a whole day of school. Then I'd go to Wegmans, I'd work in the pharmacy or the meat department or the fish department or whatever they put me in that day. Um, but that's what our lives were like. We were working so hard. I don't remember what you were doing. You were working at the OR at Strong and Wegmans and about two other things probably. At the end of that year, we looked at our finances and we had made $12,000. And we, we had worked so hard, and we lived in an apartment, we had two cars, we went on vacation, we didn't even think anything of it. We had been giving and sowing. So at $12,000, we probably gave $1,200 or something to church. It probably felt very insignificant. Um, but I remember that, and I re the point of that is when you're making little, be faithful with what God entrusts to you because he will entrust more if we're faithful with little. Uh, and then I remember years ago, the first time that we actually gave away that amount that we had made in our first year of marriage, and we actually thanked the Lord. We're like, God, you have been good. You've been faithful. You've provided so much more and so much more and so much more, and it just keeps growing. So it's like, that's how God does stuff. So be faithful in the little and start. Um, and you know, I mean, this is not really complicated either. You make $100 a week, you sow $10. You make 1000 you sow $100. I mean, you just get in the habit of stuff, and then before you know it, it becomes part of your routine of life, and you don't even think about it. So it just, it's something you integrate into your kingdom life. Uh, some of us need to repent, actually, and build room in our life for kingdom giving. You know, repentance is not shame. It's a change in thinking. And it's a turning. And some of us need to rethink how we have structured our lives and built our lives around money. Um, and not get stressed out by the cares of the world, but actually start having a plan and sowing into the kingdom. So repentance isn't shame. It's about turning. It's a change of thinking. And it's for each one of us to make room in our lives to sow into the kingdom of God. And it doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It takes planning and forethought, you know. What did I make this week? What do I want to give this first fruits back to God? What do, how do I want to thank him? If we believe that everything is his, we don't really have a hard time sowing. That's the reality, right? If we know everything comes from him, it says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. That's his. He's entrusted it to me. I can gladly give back and sow into what he's doing on the earth. That's a great thing. So my heart for us is that it's about every area of our lives coming under his lordship, right. including our money, including our finances. Um, 
you know, when we, when we get saved, we come before King Jesus, we say, God, now my life is yours, man. I'm about serving your kingdom. Uh, just fill me. Even like we said today, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I mean, like, Lord, everything I have is yours, and you want to bless me so that I can funnel more into the kingdom of God. It's, like a, it's a great thing. But that area of our lives needs to come under his lordship. Money. Uh, and honestly, I would go so far as to say if you're not sowing, then you're in disobedience because giving is a trust thing. We're not trusting in the Father to provide for us. So start trusting, start stepping out in faith, and start sowing and start giving. It will change your life. It will release blessing into your life, quite frankly. Um, you don't know what you're missing. Um, when we understand the power of giving, that it's better to give than to receive, um, we will be lining up to do it. Uh, just test us in this. Try it for six months and see how it turns out. I challenge you. So for us to accomplish the purpose set before us, we need everybody sowing into this family. And when, you, when I look at these pictures, and when we're preparing for the 40th anniversary, I am struck by what they did and what the sacrifice was to get this place here. And that should stir all of us to say, it is our time, it's our time to lead, it's our time to sow, it's our time to sacrifice, and it's our time to invest. It will change your life more than it will change this place, honestly. So New Hope 2.0, we are completing the first 40 years. We are going to be looking forward to the next 40. We've had words here about a greenhouse, that there are all different stages of growth, different sizes of plants, varieties, types. We want to be a healthy kingdom greenhouse that the world can come into, that they can get freed up, they can get healed, they can find their life purpose and move the kingdom of God forward, you know? When Bill Vanderbush was here last February in 2016, he actually prophesied there were going to be new movements springing up here. Bill's a pretty prophetic guy. When he says something, he's going to be back here in October for the Welton Academy yeah. Summit. Um, he said there are going to be new movements, and the Welton Academy was the first movement that was going to start from here. He was saying there was going to be many others. So we need to get ready. We need to get prepared in our spirits. It could be one of you out there that is the next catalyst for this move of God. Uh, if we're all thinking like that, man, it's going to be electric in here. It's going to be electric atmosphere. So when Harold was here last year, he talked about a new structure has been planted in the earth, in the earth a new harvest, a young army. And I love this part, a people coming forth to shake the earth. He didn't say a people coming forth to play church. He said a people coming forth to shake the earth. You know, it's pretty cool. I love that. When Harold has had some of the most clear, we, we have a rich prophetic history here. I mean, we, God has given us clear prophetic words about where we're going, what he's called us to do. Um, when Harold says stuff like that, he had prophesied a couple years ago, this was the season God was adding families. And it happened. We grew 30% in attendance last year. People just showing up. I have no idea how people are hearing about it. We weren't even marketing. I mean, it's like God's just bringing them in. Like he said something and it released something in the spirit. You know, now it's time that our finances catch up with the attendance. And so we can start really building and what God is calling us to do for this region. Um, I love this one too. Psalm 1 says, The righteous shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. 
talks about that's from Psalm 1. That it's like literally we got a whole army of trees here planted by the river, um, bringing forth fruit in its season. And whatever we do is going to prosper. So let's stay connected with each other, connected into the river of God and the river of life. Uh, I think there's, we have, we're like an army of oaks of righteousness that God is raising up here. I love that. I want to end on this, and then we're going to go into more in a different phase of this next week. But this was a word that was over New Hope um, over 10 years ago. It was given to the pastor before Ralph, to Pastor Carl. It was the last word that he had as he was leaving and transitioning, and then as Ralph was coming in. I don't believe we've experienced this yet. I think we are coming into a season where this word is applicable. So I'm going to read this and just listen to this. It says, and I think it was by Peter Mayer, who's out of Elam, I think, um, but a very prophetic guy. For the Lord declares over this house enlargement, enlargement. You shall not be able to hold back the inflow of seekers, those who will be drawn by genuine integrity, those who will be drawn by real love, those who will be drawn by the power of my spirit. And you will not have a reputation simply for healing or simply for the supernatural or simply for worship. You will have a reputation that goes something like this. You have to see it. You have to experience what God is doing to believe it. And so he said, and so right now we speak, north wind, south wind, east wind, west wind, send your people from afar, those that you have already touched, send them to the place you have prepared for them to be birthed, to be received, to be filled, and to be trained for your kingdom, says the Lord. I love that part. You're going to have a reputation that goes something like this. You have to see it. You have to experience what God is doing to believe it. Praise God. That is so much bigger than anything we can accomplish in our own effort. That is so much bigger than us. But God's big, you know. And what can he do with 200, 220 people that are committed to him and to moving forward? There's a world out there that needs to be touched. And there's a world out there that is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God and the daughters of God. Um, the people we work with in our workplaces, um, the people we interact with um, in the city when we're out at restaurants. Ralph shared that story last week. Ralph and I was like, okay, Joy was out of town. I called Ralph to say, hey, let's go. I'll take you to dinner. So we went out. We sat on the Pittsford Canal and had a nice dinner. We were just talking. You know, I had no idea what we'd get into. Well, God had other plans. And he had a guy sitting next to us in a table who was overhearing what we were saying, and he was like literally asking us questions about what we were talking about. At first, it was a little irritating. I don't like being interrupted. You know, it's like, I, I don't personally like being interrupted. Um, but it got, um, it was clear after a while that God was doing this. And he, there was something that drew him to us. He ends up, do you mind if I just join you guys? So he ends up bringing his drink over, sitting down, talking, and we got to find out he's a business owner, uh, you know, in Greece. He runs a company. Uh, he was definitely wanting to talk and share. We got talking about his family, and he didn't feel like he had done a good job, and he's actually going to come here to some Sunday morning and check it out. Ralph's going to go visit him at his company. He's like, come on in any time. He's like, I'm right next to the medical marijuana plant on, out in Greece. He's like, I can get you some weed. <laughs> you know, that was a joke, but we did have a good laugh about it. So he said, come on in. You know, I'll, I'll hook you up. Uh, but he was just like, God was doing something with this guy. And there was an attraction there that was bigger than me, bigger than Ralph, bigger than what we showed up there for. And I feel like that's going to be it here. It's going to be bigger than what we really understand. So we just need to be faithful 
to do what God is calling us to do, you know? The biggest challenge that we face is just thinking too small, and we don't want to be small-time thinkers. So just stand up, if you would. I just want to close this in prayer. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Um, I just saw this as just as a family, just kind of holding hands, and if you can, um, find someone. Don't let anyone be by themselves. <clears throat> Beth, can you play a little bit on the keyboard? You know, the anointing always comes when the piano shows up. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's all about Beth. <laughs> that was good. I heard that, Dave. All right. Lord, um, I just thank you. Lord, I even stirred myself this morning. But, Lord, I just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here. Thank you for what you want to do, God, through us. Um, and I thank you even, like, none of us earned this, what you've put before us. Uh, none of us worked so hard to get this, but we are here. You've drawn us by your Spirit to be a part of what you're, you want to do in the earth. And like Harold's word says, a people going forth to shake the earth. Uh, Lord, that we would be of such unity and such of one mind and of one heart. Lord, that we share your heart for the lost, that we share your heart for the broken, that they would be restored, that they'd be healed, that they'd be set free. I just see a whole group of people in Rochester being healed and envisioned for their purpose. Just an army going out that is going to bring forth change and transformation into the darkest places in the city, into the restaurants, into the community, even of the city of Rochester, the suburbs, in the school systems, Lord, that your spirit would break forth through bold leaders and leadership, Lord, and teachers and principals and uh, all these people you've put into positions to display the goodness of God wherever we are. Lord, that we would display your goodness in this day. The people would come in and they'd feel like this place believes that God is actually good and that he loves us. Um, Lord, I just, we, we are positioned for such a time as this. And Lord, we just say even now, this Holy Spirit, just for your breathing wind into the sails, some people actually need some wind breathed into your sails today. The Lord is doing that. I feel like the Holy Spirit's doing that. As I was talking, I could feel just wind and breeze. So, Lord, I pray for more of that, more of your presence, more of your spirit. Um, as we're moving forward, we've just got this gentle breeze blowing us forward. And we're like, how are we even moving? How are we doing this? But it's through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Even today, God, we commit in this next season to be fully on board in every way that you've called us to, Lord. That we could move things forward under our day and age. And that in a generation later, people look at us and say, you know what, those people came together. They moved things forward in the Spirit. They did a bold work, not a timid work, but they did a bold thing in their day. Lord, I want to be part of that. Lord, that we would be a bold people. It says the righteous are as bold as a lion. There's no timidity in the kingdom. The true warriors run to the sound of battle and not from it. So, Lord, release even just a fresh boldness this morning. Lord, even on the finance thing, for those who say, hey, how do I even get started? How do I do this? The Lord says, test me in this. Just start somewhere and step out in faith and see that I will not bless you, that I, this is going to be just a wave of blessing and of increase in your life and of every area. Lord, we bring our lives under your alignment, under the king's reign and under the king's rule. You're a good dad. You're a good king. 
So Lord, thank you, Lord. Um, and I pray even for this cafe project, Lord, that we'd finish this thing strong. For the volunteers, for even everyone who's going to be painting today, Lord, just for protection while they work, for just a uh, spirit of unity, Lord, amongst all the workers and all the details that need to come together. In Jesus' name. Lord, we pray too, and I'm praying this morning. I hope we're all just joining together, taking time. We don't always just pray together like this, but just we're, we're agreeing together in unity and as a family. But uh, Lord, even for as we're coming closer to December of honoring our founders, honoring our past, honoring the work that you did here, Lord, that you'd release things on such an enormous level, just a, just a new freedom, just a new release in every way. Lord, I thank you that as we honor, as we honor, that you just release blessing and, you know, that we can honor them and they can honor us. And it's this beautiful thing that flows both ways. Lord, that there would be a true convergence of just time periods and of your spirit and things that were started that are now even coming to full fruit or to more maturity uh, because they were faithful to plant and sow. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information on this or other resources, please go to newhopecom.org.